Hockey Town celebrated three championships in seven years, and rarely has someone so tough played so pivotal a part. McCarty draws, McCarty in, McCarty scores! A magnificent goal! Darren McCarty! Show that play. Larry on up, shooting ahead. There it is! He scores! The Red Wings have defeated Colorado! Darren McCarty! Here's a break at center! I love you, but you're a mess. I, I am a mess. I'm a work in progress, I guess you could say. Hell yeah, work in progress. That must be me. Uh, this must be grind time on this Wednesday, May 29th, 7.18 p.m. 7-ish is when we get off. Having some great conversation in here beforehand. Joining me tonight, uh, Sean Belegian. Uh, what... Now, you do the mornings on... Michigan Media Network all over the state and uh, WJR, Lions coverage. And 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 we were just talking that you're you're involved with the the state football. Yeah, doing the the all-star game for the state of Michigan up in Saginaw. That's uh, June 22nd. So Uh, looking forward to that. I I love calling games, man. It's it's why you get in the business. And you know, for years, you can't do it. You got to do the... uh, you know, the talk shows and everything, and I have fun doing it, but I love calling games. You know, NHL, Junior, I love calling games. Well, it's that's, fun. that's one of the best parts, and I think that knowing you, I, I'm a little bit biased because you saw me playing Junior, and you know how great I was. He was. So, so you know, well-deserving of that player of the year. Um, no, but it's uh, uh, how you cut – you remind your knowledge of the sports, but your love, your passion for everything. You don't really do anything – that you don't love and you put everything into it. And I appreciate that. I, you're sitting in Perry's chair today. Perry Vellucci, not here. Up, Listen, up north, we're going to get him on the line because he's got to defend himself before I go in on him uh, on a bunch of stuff. But he's up north with his crew playing some golf. I just wanted everybody to know I'm not a slave driver around here. I do let my guys go away. But, uh, Shawnee, I appreciate you sitting in. Always, uh, man. We're going to give Joel Jemaya a call. Um, give Perry a call. Also, too, sitting in, um, little Livonia Stevenson graduation. Spartans. There they are. Um, now, this gentleman, uh, Jason Cotton, uh, is a good friend and has been, you know, <laughs> you go back to the opening, which was, uh, anybody listened, it was a new opening um, that Mike had cut. We're messing around with a bunch of different things, but a work in progress. Uh, he's one of the guys, uh, him and Brian Pergentelli, who at the time in my life, bunch couple of on you guys stevenson football let's go sparties yeah right let's go Spartans. Yeah, I'll hear that. So all right not only this is uh uh a guy that um has been there and helped me right uh going through especially to the be- beginning of my sobriety uh through the end of the struggle and has been a friend since so uh not only uh i uh, had to wait till the sun starts coming down because he's not a vampire He's very nocturnal, so I think got him out at six thirty. That's probably the, it. Feels like six thirty in the morning. You're you're trying, you were talking about doing morning <laughs> radio miserable. and getting up at four thirty. Miserable. Well, this is like Jay's miserable. So that's, <laughs> I appreciate the love, bro. Thanks for having me, Mac. No, uh, always, always. We're gonna talk sports and always the lovely, talented, the brains uh, behind the Russian Five phenomena. Uh, that's the uh, miss the producer uh, mm-hmm. Jenny 
Fedorovich. Yes, thank yeah, you. Uh, thank you for uh, having but me. But also Jenny LaFlemme is her... Uh, LaFemme. La LaFemme. La La I always say LaFemme. <laughs> Jenny LaFemme, which is like LaFemme Nikita, which mm -hmm. means don't piss off the Russian. Right? Exactly. Yeah, Jay. Remember? I think that's rule number three. That's right. That's right. Male or female, don't piss off the Russian. Yeah, you don't want to piss off the Russian. No, you no. make friends. But uh, Jenny's here. We uh, Friday we or Thursday. Thursday. Thursday yes. we were, we're in Chicago. Uh, thank you for everybody who, who's listening who came out to the Athenium uh, movie theater, historic Athenium downtown. Uh, interesting driving in Chicago, isn't it? Three miles takes yeah, like thirty minutes. Yeah, it sucks. Minutes. Like I looked, and it was a mile and one point two miles from my friend's house, and I'm like, "Oh, I'll be there in five minutes." The GPS said twenty minutes. I was like, "What? It's crazy How does it take twenty minutes to get there?" So it's the same. It's but the what same a reception, though! What a reception! I mean, number one, I gotta tell you guys, everybody loves this guy. You don't even see it, but when people walk into the room and they see you, their faces light up. Like, for you to be there and for them to be a part of that and watch the film with you, all I hear in the background, people are like, holy shit, that's Darren McCarty. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you just immediately take it up to the whole other level. And it was 400 people. I think 350 had Red Wings jerseys on. Um, the guy who introduced the movie does a Blackhawks uh, podcast, and they booed him so bad, I felt awful. <laughs> right? Chicago. It was horrible uh, in Chicago. No, it, was, it wasn't that bad because, and this is yeah, the it thing. was. It was a boo. I, I said, I said, walking in, I go, and and Sean, Jay, speak on this as as Red Wings. Once Chelly got traded. I mean, like that sort of like the basketball with Jordan and all the 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 Pistons and the and the Bulls that time. But once we got Shelly, you know, that was sort of like the like we'll we'll battle you to the death because you know, even though I told everybody that they were there, I thought they were there not to see the movie, but also to thank me for retiring so they could win cups in Chicago. <laughs> but then I had to say it's the Bowman effect. That's why we're all connected. Yeah. But once Shelly got traded. The hatred was never with Chicago. It's it's sort of like this this respect of the crosstown. Like who's who's Livonia's biggest rival? Churchill. Churchill. So maybe that's a bad example, but but it's also too is that there's probably some teams there that no matter what you 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 hate them, but you had respect for for their players because you know they they could play on your team or stuff like that. So that was the the great thing, and everybody. You know, um, stayed for the Q and A. Oh yeah, it was amazing, and we got a review. Actually, I think it came out today or yesterday. How we are turning fans of other teams from hating the Wings after watching this movie to actually understanding what the team was about, what it took. I mean, you got to read this review. It's amazing. I mean, this person just says, like, I no longer hate the Wings. And that's what we see wherever we go. I personally didn't realize how much hatred there was for the Wings because you guys dominated so much. Well, it's it's one of these things that I think when you personalize the villain or and and we you know we were used to be the Yankees of the NHL which meaning back before the salary cap um you could say but my thing is yeah you, you can't buy cups because you still got to win cups no matter how much money you spend but Mr. Mr. Mrs. Illich and the Red Wing organization always would whether it was equipment travel whatever give you the best possible to win and sometimes because other organizations aren't run that way um, in any in different sports, when you have success, it's Golden State's going to go through it now because now they want to see the the next flavor because they've won, and then they got to see. So there's 
even though why would you hate uh, the Warriors? I mean, they've proven their resilience and what a great team and that they what they've proven to me is that they don't care about all the noise on the outside. That's a bunch of guys that love each other that know, you know, they got to play together because that's a, and and when they realize the story behind and Jenny personally, when you live it and you're in it and you still learn things. I, you know, I want to say honestly, before I saw the movie, I knew 75%, maybe 80% of, of what it was, but to get to where we are, and I know Brendan Shanahan, right, who came in as, you know, the, the cowboy out of the West with the guns blazing, hey, you guys want a cup? I'm here to win you a cup. Like, when he saw it, he didn't realize even more, because all that stuff, you know, he missed all that, uh, the P, I call it the PTSD period. You know, that's, that's losing to San Jose. That's losing to Jersey in the Cup. That's losing to Colorado, upsetting the league record. I mean, if you're ever going to... If, if, if you survive that resilience as a fan through that time, you're such a better human being now because you know what the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And I think that that's... You know, I tell you all the time, and I, everywhere I go, I have to tell everybody about my run-in with uh, Anastasia uh, Constantino, Vladdy's daughter, at the premiere, when I asked, how's your dad seen the movie? He says, yeah, I don't know how many times, but he loves it. It takes him back to his place. And you hear that he's, he gets emotional when he watches it, seeing different people and na- guys' names and, and singing. We are the champions and stuff. You put him in his happy place, that's, to me, that's drop the mic, wipe Amen. the hands, anything in the middle. I want everything to be great, like those reviews. But that's just people getting... Absolutely. That what you put, what you, Josh, Dan, your team did is, is, and then I try to explain what you're doing now is 20 years later, what we did on a different scale with the team you put together. And it would only work with the Americans, the Russians, the Canadians, the every piece that you had. And it'll be interesting because now... And not for just just for us sports fans, Mac, that live through it, but for people that aren't even sports fans that right. watch it and see the story, and it speaks to them that way. Right. Well, speak it, to, Jay. Speak it from you, because because you're you're a high executive at uh, Cushman Wakefield. Uh, that's how we <laughs> met at uh, commercial real estate. It is. Um, uh, which that allows you to be nocturnal because you deal all over the world. <laughs> Anyways, but as a sports fan, you're a diehard. You, dude, I know exactly where you are. Every, I mean, all the time. Well, you got the TVs going. I think I introduced you into the two TV technique. That's or, it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. at any given time, you got. So a few when you going. saw the movie, what was the, like the impression? I'm still. Wait- I'm oh, sitting here like it? everyone else. So, no, so, I still haven't seen so, it, so I'm looking forward. So here's to it. the thing, Jay, because I knew that, right? <laughs> so Jay hasn't. No, no, because Jay hasn't seen it, right? Yeah. Like a lot of other people are like, "Where can we see? It? Where can we see it?" Well, Jenny. We're going to let everybody know because we're running a big thing. Yeah. But will you debut what's happening on June the 7th, the 22-year anniversary to the day that some guy beat some guy one-on-one. Um, it is only time in the history of the NHL. And the, uh, anyways, that's why the first <laughs> cup's up there. Anyways, I'm talking about myself because yeah. we're on grind time. But 22 years, the uh, iTunes is coming out. With yeah, just um, so on the 22-year anniversary of the 97 Cup, we will be coming out on digital platforms. So iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, all of the digital platforms. So this is when we can use all the love we can get in the yeah. world uh, for anybody to the rent love. the movie. If they want to own the movie, they can rent it. 
Tell your friends, share if you have any influencers. That's the day that makes it or breaks it, that we go viral. We'll make it to the first page of iTunes and we'll share this movie with, with the rest of the world. Basically, it's coming out in several different countries, but this is what's important. Uh, if you happen to be in New York uh, this Friday, we're opening in New York at the IFC Center. With a guest? Uh, Doggy Brown is going to join us. The official, uh, <laughs> the official Pete Best, if you don't know who Pete Best are, <laughs> yeah. who is the sixth Beatle, which means he was the guy that <laughs> helped start it and then he didn't get no credit. Yeah. Right? Yep. That is exactly who Dougie Brown is. Brown off. Yep, right? he's he, joining us. He's uh, the, we were trying to talk about it because we were talking about it on the golf course. Uh, and we'll get Perry Vellucci in here real soon. Um, but Dougie Brown's a diplomat. He is. He's the absolute, because the diplomacy, and I'm going to have him next uh, in two weeks. What, what's today? No, next week. Next week, I'm going to have Ozzy and Maltz in the studio, and I think I'm going to have Dougie call in. But, like, he's the diplomat in the room. Where, where Scotty would put him, you know, responsibility was more um, making things work. So, I mean... Uh, it's it's unbelievable. There's the United Nations. I would want Doug Brown representing me. And yeah, I, so just... he is. I'm super excited to have him in New York. Um, that Friday, also, the New York Times review comes out. I know we say, you know, we love the reviews, not as much as the feedback we get. But I think it's going to be something special for me and Josh to walk into a store in New York and pick something off the shelf <laughs> and read the New York Times review. I'm hoping it's good. <laughs> I'm hoping it's not bad. They don't tear us to shreds. Uh, but it's going to be a special moment for us, I think, in New York on Friday. Do you know um, what makes it special? If I can jump in for a second, yeah. and this is why I think the New York Times should And as you this. jump in, will you give me your perspective, too? What, you, if that, you know what? I'm going to tie them together. Do you know what? I, re I remembered how historic it was because we're never going to see something like this again. And I'm not even talking about, you know, putting those guys together on the same team. I'm talking about the Iron Curtain. I'm talking about, I think I can speak for everybody here. No offense. I hated those guys. I, I grew up, I hated them in 79. I hated them in 80. I hated them. You know, I don't remember the Canada Cup in, in, in 72, but the Canada Cup in 87, I hated those guys. And all of a sudden, you know, the, when things start to change, Glasnost and all that stuff, all of a sudden the trickle started. And, you know, you start getting like Helmut Balderas and some of the older players, and you're like, okay, great. We're, we're getting these guys. That are, and then the legends started coming over. You know, and, and you're seeing, you're seeing Krutov and Larionov and Makarov and all these guys are, are, are coming together. And you're like, are you kidding me? These guys, because these guys were part of that, that big red right. army. And I mean, they were just in the different stratosphere because people forget they beat the NHLers pretty good when they played them quite a few times. Right. And I think people forget that. So as I was watching it, it kind of took me back to remember all those cold war feelings and. We're never going to see something yeah, like that again. Yeah, we hated you guys too. No, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now there's now we have nothing but no, love. No, I really. But we it's hated not. You. It's not like it's not like there are a bevy of great how, players how over. How would you not though? But like, I mean, like here's the thing we're talking about, and to me, what it says is the whole thing with with truth in the world, and you know, I can relate this to the to the cannabis world. The truth of the plant that saved my life was the worst thing ever. You're either athlete or you smoke pot. Well, that's not the way. You got to get educated and all that stuff. It's not the same thing because then you start meeting, you know, the the people or whatever, and they're just like us or their values are just, oh, my gosh, what, we like the same. Oh, wow, we listen to the same. Wait, why is all this 
Oh, propaganda? Right. Oh, why right? is that one of the last words I learned how to spell? Because you're not supposed to know what it means. Right. Well, right. and it's it's not like that there's a bevy of hockey players hidden away right now in North Korea that aren't allowed to come over. Right. You know, so we're never going to see anything like that again. You're absolutely the right. The history of it, to me, is what makes the story so intriguing because it really does go beyond the hockey world. So the New York Times, if they know what's good for them, damn it, they better write a good review. Because <laughs> to me, it's more than hockey. It really is. And that's coming from a hockey fan. Oh, it's that, no, it's that, I think, number one, if, if you are questioning any hockey in there, then you didn't get the movie. Because mm-hmm. it's not about, it's the, the hockey is the, the subject, okay? It could be, in today's day, it could be an ice cream parlor. It could be friggin' a car shop. It's about the people, and it's about the culture. And, you know, as uh, I want to get Perry in here, we're going to give give him a call. Um so New York, and then uh, really quickly, so we'll be in Toronto too, June 11th with Brandon Shanahan joining us and Scotty Bowman. So that's mm. gonna be a that's gonna be a big one for us in that, Canada. That's the first Canada appearance, actually. That's that no, that's exciting. They're gonna love it, and that yeah. you know that segues because that's what we're talking about because that was a culture that was built, and it was built right around you, by people that bought into the same. Goal together, you need, but went through highs and lows, right? So as we fast forward, now we're in 2009, right? And we always, I've been preaching culture and culture and culture. And I was thinking today, because I'm listening to the radio, and and everybody knows I love uh, Dan Patrick and I love Colin Cowherd and the way that they, for different reasons, one Dan for the interview and and Colin because of just because he has opinions, and if he's wrong, he. Fesses up to him. You know what I mean? He's just like another way to think. Uh, somebody who puts it out there and thinks it different ways. But with all this stuff in the news with the LA Lakers, with the Genie Bus, Rob Palenka, the GM, um, yeah, Magic Johnson, uh, you know, like it's so, it's so funny when you think of culture. Then I look and I go, wow. You know, it, it, and I look at our culture here and I'm going to talk of the Red Wings because that's what I know. I mean, there's two teams that I would have said last year at the beginning of the year, basketball season, whatever, were similar spots, even though they didn't, Wings might not have had the LeBron, but coming, but they needed something to find and figure, figuring something out. Well, if, if you want to see how, when they say chase management, not talent comes into effect, right? That's why you should be so goddamn glad that Steve Eiserman is back because no matter what happens, it's proverbial, everything's going to be all right. I don't know what that means, but you know, culture's back, right? You make one move, and, and this is what I want to express, no matter what happened in the Red Wing organization, whether, you know, Ken Holland moving up, stepping aside, realizing for the best of the organization, right? You know, and Steve, you want opportunity. And however it came about, it's not the why, but the fact is, is that culturally, whatever's going to happen is the right way. You could be in Los Angeles, right? And and that dumpster fire of, of you know, how many times do I got to see Magic Johnson go? And, and, and it's not about, <clears throat> I don't care who's right or wrong, but anytime you play anything in the media, like out in the media, especially at the top, I mean, that's unbelievable like what do you think of that whole it's it's crazy because the one thing that you have to say about the red wings are are there things that have been whispered and bantied about over the years absolutely but you guys never aired the dirty laundry never you you never you never aired 
Now, were there things that were whispered in my ear in the past? Well, yeah, there were. And, you know, there, there were things that you, you didn't want to run on the air with. Because, number one, I've always felt that's, that's not my well, job expl- to explain, be a Explain to uh, – what's the easiest way for you to explain as a reporter mm-hmm. and as a uh, radio host that works – you know, obviously a passion, but it's it's one of these things that how you see, I want people to try to understand, you know, where guys have sources or guys have, how does that work? Can you take you the listener a little behind? Because it's, what what it really is, is building a relationship. That's, That's exactly all. It's it just is. building a friendship. Now, now. Like uh, you and I have that relationship. I know you have that relationship with Ozzy. Mm-hmm. I know that it's you, it's something that's built. So, you know, I think guys know that you, I, I mean, I would hope, and, and you know, you, you would be better to speak on this or Ozzy or Chelly. I think guys know you're not there to burn them. I was never going to be the guy, hey, uh, guess what I saw Mac doing? That's not my job. Right. Sorry, that's not my job. And, and I think if guys know, or think you know what you're talking about or something, that helps. But sometimes, you know, guys whispered something in your ear, and you, you did a little research, and you had to decide, okay, well, this is what I've heard, this is what I've uh, I've heard. But you had, to, you had to chase it. You didn't have people come out and airing it. You know, right. co- coming That's, out, a guy might tell you something in confidence, and I, I'm very proud to say I've never, ever broken anything in confidence, ever. And I, 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 I never, ever no, want to. No, absolutely, it, That's not and, who you and, are. And now these guys, Mac, I mean, can you imagine... Can you imagine Jimmy D coming out and Kenny coming out and Steve Eiserman coming out and, and maybe, you know, one of the Russians speaking on the Russians' behalfs and Nick speaking on this and on all these parties, like having these battles and going on different shows to give their, their side of no way. That no way. And it starts at the top with Scotty. Scotty would put the kibosh on that quick, fast, in a hurry anyway. You know, well, it starts during with Scotty's time. You know, but it, but even before that, it starts with the ownership. Absolutely. Right? And you look in LA right now. Um, they don't even know what the hell's going on. And when you got, you know, Kobe Bryant, who's, you know, proverbially, you know, one of the, you know, all-time Lakers or whatever, it's going, hey, I got nothing to do with this. Like, everybody's trying to step away as far as it is. Now, here's the thing that you know in sports with the Lakers organization is because the brand is so big that they can come out from underneath this. But I don't think, you know, the one who looks the worst in this is Magic Johnson. Absolutely. Right, because Absolutely. it sort of tarnishes the the reputation. It'd be sort of like you say all that stuff, and then you know, the, down the road you break something. Well, it was just this, you know. No, it's it's totally against who you are. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, I mean, say what you want. I don't think anybody <laughs> you see the thing uh, with Palenka whispering because he played for the for the <laughs> Wolverines back yep. in the Fab Five. Yep, yep, Fab yep. Five days. That's brilliant. You know what I think also that <laughs> from my experience, hockey guys are a different breed, man. You guys are very different. From my interaction with other sports and other athletes, you guys are a team. You kind of keep your stuff in the locker room. You're not out there, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm a superstar or I'm this or that. You're just a different breed of people. You know, versus other athletes. That yeah, are I think out that there. it's 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 upbringing, and uh, and then that's the whole thing. You work hard upbringing. That's the thing you notice. We're talking about, uh, and I'll speak Canadian to Russ. What you realize is work ethic is the same. They grew up even working as harder to get, to earn what they have, and weren't afraid of hard work. That's the or get their, you know, nose for the most part. And then it's just like anything else. Sometimes some guys are different, and they need 
you know, kicking the ass. I mean, I needed my ass kicked a few times by a few guys, and like not physically, literally, right. but I got yelled at. That would that would be even worse. You can't you can't physically beat me. You can just like <laughs> hurt me in the soul. Speaking of hurting in the soul, we're gonna go up north right now. Are you still up north there, Perry? Yeah, I am, Mac. How where you doing? Where are you at? Where'd you play today? We played. Uh, um, we're up in uh, Ross Common. Playing four dunes in the loop. What'd you play today? Because uh, ob- ob- you you text me a picture today, and you yeah. said closest to the pin on a two hundred yard par three, and you made the birdie. And then you yeah. came up and you said that you drained a long putt for birdie. You went back to back birdies. No, actually, uh, we were playing a shambles. Oh, you're playing a shamble. Yeah, but on the par three, two hundred yards, and I hit a, I hit three hybrid. Uh, Eight feet below the hole, made the putt, and then on uh, the next hole was a par four. The guy drove the back of the green, and I, I curled in about a thirty footer for eagle on that. So basically, basically, you know what, Mac? Hey, Mac, basically, around, the fact is the whole reason I let you bring up your whole stats today is because I've golfed you about four rounds this year, and you haven't even <laughs> sniffed a birdie on any one of those. So if you're saying that I am Tiger Woods and I'm in your head that you can't perform in my presence I, you know that's all right perry you just got to keep working on it. no i'm gonna I, and that's right i'm gonna learn how to i'm gonna learn how to adjust to dealing with you on the golf course ah uh, see um you know what i'm gonna take uh, what a great group of crew you have on there jenny hey jenny i love you what a great woman jenny laflamme thank you perry. Uh, Sean, i love you too. my buddy sean it's laflamme it's laflamme just jenny that's, is good that's why i said it's just jenny <laughs> Jenny, and then uh, and then Jay. So so uh, you know Jay. Talking, so you were talking about Lavonia Stevenson. You, so you know I coached the uh, 1983 Lavonia Stevenson baseball team with a former hockey teammate of yours, Chris Tansel. Oh, yeah, Jake, fastest dresser in all of hockey. One minute forty eight seconds from jockstrap to out the door. <laughs> you know how long it takes me? Minute 48, I barely get my shoulder pads and my elbow pads and my jersey on. <laughs> it's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It is. A minute 40. Uh, bam, bam, you don't even understand. Bam, bam, you don't even play hockey, so you don't understand the equipment. But you can just imagine. That's skates. I can't, I can't. That's everything. That's nuts. Minute that's, 48. That's and I that's 108 seconds. Anyways, Perry, what were you saying about Chris? So, so, well, I was listening to Jen, and Jen was talking about, um, you know, uh, how hockey players are a different breed. And and uh, it basically, if you look, you guys are teammates, and it's all about team. Well, it's more about team, but I think with hockey players, you don't have as in, uh, many individuals. And the other night, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw a shout-out to Doug Brown and my brother Mike. Charlotte won. Uh, they beat, thank you. They beat Toronto. The Marley, so they're moving to the Calder Cup Finals. Sean, I was watching them with Sean. Yep. And and after the game, there's a video of my brother, and he was talking about team and teammates and how they all cheered each other on. And a great example is Patrick Brown, Doug's son, who's the captain of the team, and just a leader, and, and just that culture that's been developed in that program. And so they go to the finals with the Chicago Wolves, and uh, I was texting Dougie, and Dougie's looking forward to the to this weekend with with Jen. Yeah, we are too. Awesome. Yeah, no, that that'll be great. What um, no, that's you know what a, well put, Perry. Even though you're not you're not here, but but well put because it is team and and even go. So your brother's in the finals. 
Um, yeah. You're on vacation. He's on vacation. He's on vacation. Yeah. You believe that? A sanctioned vacation? I'm, I'm like disappointed not to see you here, Perry. Oh, Jen, so am I. Believe me, I'd rather be there right now. But but you know what, Matt? Yeah, they said, hey, this place four dunes. It's ranked number two right behind Arcadia, and they'd be more than happy to have you come up here also. And so I'll tell you what, the course is phenomenal. It would suit your game perfect. I can see you shooting a great round up here, and we got to do it. All right, make it, ha- make it happen. Get, a- get the contact info and hand it over to Nick. You know how to do this stuff. Write it down. Hey, and we got Matt Bowles. Matt Bowles from uh, Honeywood, uh, Ontario, watching us right now. Oh, we do? How do you yeah, know that? Yeah, yep. I don't know where that is, but it's in Ontario, Honeywood, Ontario. Shout out to the Canucks. North yeah, Ontario. yep. Exactly. So, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for calling. Uh, I'm watching along with a lot of other people. Of course, my mom, I was her, and, and everybody. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, Alan got her Iser plan shirt. Uh, Alan, Alan Schaefer. Shout out to Alan. We always joke in the show that's Perry's mom. Um, yeah, it isn't, but she's a big supporter of the show, and uh, she always uh, sends a shout out where there's some great merch or great photos. So thank you, Alan. Uh, keep them coming. And you, remember, you can do that if you're wondering. Uh, the Instagram is at Grind Time Podcast. Uh, you can tweet me. I'm starting to get onto that universe at Grind Time DMac twenty five. And obviously, a grind time podcast on Facebook. Um, NHL playoffs. What did you think of that first game? It, it was pretty much what you thought it would be the first period. And then what it turned into after that was, I mean, the, the Bruins steamrolled. I mean, they, they really did. I, yeah, but the, the, here's what you got to talk about is because I, I said this to you. The adjustments Bruce Cassidy, the coach of Boston, made after the first period, you sort of can, you can expect, I mean, absolutely wh- like the, the team at home coming out, having a bit a of long a, a loft, right. But what you saw is the adjustments, not only the, he made with the lines, but, but the fact that the resilience and the experience, you know, coming through and you could feel the game, the ice shift, but the, the, the common, there's certain, there's certain points in a game that sort of, or in a series, that can really resonate, and I'm going to take credit because I'm half involved because I had his dad on, but did you see that hit Tory Krug oh. delivered? L-Town. Now, now, L-Town. That, no, but it, the whole point of the movie, if, yeah, if people haven't seen it, I'm putting it up right now. Tory Krug's about, he might be 5'7", right? He reminds me of Andrew <laughs> Ferentz so much, and you see that. And the most impressive thing, Sean, old school, no bucket. Yep. Old school, no bucket. And oh, well, that's Livonia style, Mac. You know that. That's, that's that a is Livonia, Livonia style. That's that's why I had to bring it up before. That's that could be old Jay Cotton back in the day. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, but but if you watch, see uh, up front of the net, it's David Perron, and um, he's sort of the uh, St. Louis version of uh, Marshawn, except not as talented and a right shot. So he's working Krug over there, and Krug, who, who uh, Andrew Ferentz, he reminds me of Andrew Ferentz. I played with Fur. And uh, Bam Bam asked me, when does he know he's going to hit him? And I said, he does a crossover and lets the puck go and just cleans him out. Now, you might say, didn't he leave his feet? You know, a lot of times in the league, the smaller guy hitting a bigger guy, he's always going to get away with it. Would a bigger guy hitting a smaller guy? No. But that's just, the, 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 like, this to me is playoff hockey at its finest. This is doing everything you can to win. And right there, he sees it. But no, I love this play. That puck wasn't he? He could have took that. Most guys would take that puck, 
because it was coming out and drag it to the middle and shoot or, or whatever like that. No, it reminded me of the old uh, hard around that we used to do on a, on a defensive play where I just take a run at the D. Right, Sean, where the yeah, 90s yeah. rules where yeah. the puck was coming around and, and it was sort of like in the vicinity, right? It didn't have to be on the stick. If it was in the vicinity, you're allowed to hit the guy. But, you know, right there, at, 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 if you look at the at the point of the game, uh, Boston had just taken the lead 3-2 earlier. And when this happens, like after this, it just sort of like quelled whatever comeback or whatever St. Louis. And what it is, guys, when you're watching this in tonight's game, it's probably on that TV. Uh, and I think it's, what is it on? About 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Yeah. But what you see, that, that when I talk about experience in the playoffs, is when you've been there. Boston's been there. They've been down two in the finals before. You know, you look up and down this bench, you see Big, big Chara. You see Krejci, right? The biggest, the way that the team's been put together, you see the play of that Marcus Johansson. That's the, that's the Krejci of this year that they had back in the day. There's a guy that's going to, you know, do the things. And then you got your fourth line, who I didn't realize was that quick. You know, the Heinens, yep. the Akaris, the, the uh, Corrales, the, the guys that, and what do, what do you know about any league, any playoff in any league? What's it come down to? It's usually not the stars. It's that, those grinders, the fourth liners. That you know what? And I, I got I to gotta bring up Tuka Rask because oh. he's, he's had the yips before in the playoffs. Oh, I, yeah. I've watched him have the yips. I think he had the, the yips in the series that they lost to Montreal in 14. I, I, I Honestly, I think he had the yips. That guy has just been so solid in the net. He's Aussie he, 08. Yeah, he's so calm. He's like, a, he's yeah, a, that's a, a great, that's a no, great no, example. He's Aussie 08. He's been there. There's nothing there. He's, he's got it. He's been there. He knows whatever. I mean, the be- the greatest part about Ozzy, Ozzy led in some of the shittiest goals I've ever seen and bounced back from it with a wins. That's all that we cared about. McGinnis beat him from the red line. 98. I, the, the and then the one, the one off uh, Lang and Bruner that yeah. it was going wide. So don't so that's, turn around. Got to shut up the next game. Yeah, I mean it's just uh, no. And, and there was no question in our mind. It's just like, oh, that sucked. Okay, all right, we'll go. I guess we gotta go home and play. You know, like like that's the when you talk about culture, when you talk about trust, when you talk about being there. Yeah, you know we've all, but it's not gonna end. Uh, it, it almost forces everybody else to pick it up a little bit more because. You know when you need him, he will be there. Because yeah. I don't care who you say. I played with. Hasek and Cujo and Vernie and whoever else, but you one game. I'm uh, Ozzy's my goalie just because I trust. It not I just trust. It, it's the trust that I, that he's gonna get it done, and he's gonna get it done, and it might be six five. We're gonna win. You know, it's not. It's not. I, I, it, there's no pretty. You, you know what? It, if it, the way you describe that, it kind of reminds me of Grant Fear back in the day. That's the same thing. That, and that's just who the money uh, Ozzie guy. loved him too. Fear yeah, was just the money guy. That, it, it was like he, you know, just shake it off, kind of chuckle to himself, and he's gonna find a way to make the next big stop. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, that's crazy. So Jenny, what else? You got uh, twenty nine or uh, not twenty nine? Friday is... So uh, New York will open on Friday. Yeah. Then digital, please give us all the love in the world. If you love the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie that day. It's very important. On the 11th, we go up to Toronto for the first time. We'll be in Canada. Everybody's been going crazy there. 
We're going to be with Shanahan and Scotty. That's going to be an exciting mm. evening for us. And then, you know, we're cooking something fun with you to celebrate the release. So cooking. I'm going ah, to tease that. this. I'm going to tease this out. And then nice. we're going to drop it probably tomorrow. So we're doing a sweepstakes to celebrate our digital release where uh, a lucky winner and his two best friends get to win uh, a night with us to watch the movie. So it's going to be Darren, Grind Time crew, Detroit cast crew, myself and Josh. They will be invited to the studio. There's going to be food, drinks, whatever. We're going to watch the movie and then we're going to go live on the podcast and talk about it. You're going to bring a Russian dish? Uh, sure, I'll bring you a Russian to. dish. I mean, it be It'll be vodka. Cold? That will nah, be the yeah. Russian dish. What do I get to have? That's uh, good for the rest of them. You I'll and Mike will have a great time. I'll bring you some herring. I like herring. Yeah, mm. herring. Mm. So Pickle we're herring. about to drop this sweepstakes. So, it, you know, maybe, anybody maybe who's thinking they want to hang with I, us. You know I like borscht. Well, I'll bring you it. some borscht. Bring me some borscht. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be exciting. So we're going to be right here with some lucky fans watching the movie and celebrating our digital release. So that, that will drop on our website tomorrow. Otherwise, I'm going to go pack for New York then. You guys enjoy enjoy uh, the evening. Any, any plans? Are you going out to uh, any dinner? Uh, you going to New York? So you got any dinner plans or you just you just wrapped up in the movie? or uh, Wrapped it? up in the movie. Hopefully we'll be doing some press. Uh, I got some other meetings happening. So, But I'll definitely enjoy myself. I love New York. Good. I love walking New York. I could walk from downtown all the way to Upper West Side and enjoy myself. So I'm looking forward Does to it. Does it remind you of Russia? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing like Russia. Wait, so explain before you, before you leave. Okay, because uh, you know one of the one of the things is that people don't realize everybody thinks you grew up in, like not you, but any Russian person either grew up in Moscow or grew up in a coal miner town or some or was Siberia. Where where did you grow up? The place that it was called and what was it like? How many people? Well, I grew up in Moscow. So, so you did? I did. I grew what up was in that Moscow. Like? So I grew up in Moscow. It's a very large city, ten million people, kinda like New York. Um, I mean, I loved being in the city. Uh, Russian people are not afraid to let their kids go. So I would go across the whole entire city at seven years old by myself in the subway to visit my grandma, you know, and it was a beautiful place. And then my parents said, we're going to America. And I pictured America like New York, sexy, it's beautiful people, amazing place. And then I ended up in October 29th, 1989, standing in Oak Park, Michigan in front of a kind of sad-looking apartment building. And America didn't look so good, honestly, (laughs) compared to Moscow at that point. Uh, You know, it's not how I pictured it to be. But once you spend time here and you get to know this country, you realize how amazing this place is. How long did that take? Uh, I think every person that comes here, the adjustment period is probably at least five years. Mm. Because it's very difficult. You're in shock. You don't speak the language. I mean, I remember not understanding walking into the store. You have no idea what all this food is, what all these things are. You don't know, like, what, what is this? I can't, can I eat this? I don't even understand going to fast food joint for the first time. We never had anything like that. No, people sat down and they had a meal with a knife and a fork. Nobody took anything and went anywhere <laughs> while they're eating something. That, that was, like, mind-blowing to us. I'm like, where are all these people going with all this food? What are they doing? It's so weird. And then going to Taco Bell, I'm like, what are these weird things? Or McDonald's. I mean, all of that adjustment period is very difficult. And then you just don't speak the language. You don't understand the culture. You don't understand the people. So it takes time. It takes time. I'm sure the guys went through the same thing. I mean, they didn't know what pizza was. They're like, what is this thing? We well, never- and it's, but it's different, too, between because 
you are one that would have put forth more effort, like Igor, you know, like Slava, not Kazi. Like, Kazi wouldn't. Like, there's <laughs> the ones that come over and say, fuck you, you learn, I'm not learning ink. You know what I mean? Like, and because it's hard. Not because he didn't try, but because it's very frustrating. Just, I mean, it's the same different. reason where I would try to learn Russian, and I went, I don't even know English. Yeah, I mean, everything was just everything was different. But music was so amazing because when we lived in Soviet Union, music was very restricted. We couldn't hear mu- music. Was ama- I mean, just everything is amazing, you know. And I never get tired of saying this. I love this country. And even looking at this project, in what world does a boy from Port Huron with a dream meets a Russian girl that comes here with a hundred dollars and six suitcases, and they get together and they make something like this? That now affects so many and it, people. And it, here's awesome. the thing, guys. Awesome. Here's no the thing I want everybody like to realize: yeah. this is real life. Yep. Yeah. This isn't fiction. This isn't. These people can play these characters. No, these characters are playing themselves, and that's even more powerful to it to be able to tell this story a hundred percent accurately. From all of, you know, like, it's... Well, as you know, we put our heart, soul, uh, tear, sweat, blood, everything went into it. Just Everything, like- I tell everybody, everything that they do behind to make this out to, and, and knowing their struggle is exactly, it comes out as us as a team developing and getting there and working through it and suffering those... You know how many times that you've said that you know it almost didn't almost happen. Didn't happen I mean, a bunch it of almost times. didn't happen many, many times. So. Jenny, but it's fascinating to hear you talk about like like the, the um, going to the grocery store and everything. The one thing I remember about Krutov, and you might remember this, Mac. You know, Krutov's one of the most legendary players. Grew up watching him and everything. And he had an issue when he went to Vancouver. He loved going to like the little kiosks, the hot dog kiosks. So literally, they had to have teammates go. Dude, listen. There, you can you can eat hot dogs, and he, you just can't eat them all the time. But when they would go to airports, he would kind of sneak off and, and go to the kiosk. Like like there weren't hot dogs available everywhere, so it was. <laughs> they had the story is like the guys in Vancouver were like, "All right, it's your turn to watch them today." Because every time Stop they went eating to the, the hot dogs, exactly <laughs> because he like it was he wasn't used to. But uh, I uh, can go anytime I want to go get a hot dog. So that was, that was the story with Krutov. True story. That, that no, the guys I, had to I, keep an eye on him because he, he was so infatuated. With, I can go get a hot dog anytime I want. Think, it's amazing to hear you say hey, that. And just think, he never got to go to Cornwall. Yeah, the isn't best that crazy? hot dogs right? in Absolute. the league. Well, those toasted buns. Yeah, too, they're right. Cornwall. Listen, pe- people all, here oh. don't, people who are born here, uh, they just don't, understand unless they go somewhere else what what this place has to offer i mean there's literally i remember people who immigrated with us they were older people i mean i was only 13 14 they would walk into the grocery store and they would cry they would say why is there a hundred different kinds of coffee in america and we never had that like we are people we're also people why and then why is there a place that exists that has everything and then you live in a place where you're constantly told that it's so great but it has nothing it has shit Mm. probably how now probably a North Korean person would feel if they ended up here going, why do this? We're no different. We're just people that happen to be born in another country. Just like when you go to a third world country now, we're just, we're super lucky. And I can't thank my parents enough for making the choice of leaving everything behind and bringing me here. Really, when I reflect on it, I'm like, God, I, you know, I can't thank them enough for doing that for me. Wow, that's awesome. Before I let you go, last question. What's the one thing that you've either that you cannot live without that you didn't have or in in Russia 
like whether it's food, whether it's amenity or something over here that you know going back because you either don't have it. Like, for example, ketchup chips and shreddies are Canadian, <laughs> okay? You cannot, like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, yeah. shreddies and mm-hmm. there's certain things that are, you make sure you get. There's these, there's these um, shortbread cookies from England. That my grandmother, my great grandmother used to send. That they're just like you can't get them anywhere. They got to be sent. Is there a is like there when s- I go back to Russia, yeah. something that's like, like America, yeah. something that's from like, here, like that they don't have that. Like they it used to be. Yeah, now they kind of have hear that everything. If you took a whole thing of jeans or something, you could sell them for a million dollars a pair of jeans. Well, now they really have everything. Bef- before they didn't have anything. I so mean, so what would you? Okay, thirteen year old you or. 15 or but before things really changed that much what was the thing that you was there something you could take back to your friends or that i mean back in the day like bubble gum american so, bubble gum yeah with like inserts that you opened up and they had cartoony looking things yeah. that like was Bazooka like Joel. yeah it was like oh, yeah. older yeah. i mean that we take if you granted. had bubble gum like that oh my god you were like the coolest person in the universe and people would collect those and they would trade those things I mean, American things were all of value, but crazy bubble gum like that? Oof, wow. Hey, and we used to have, dude, I I used to chew gum all the time, and they used to be bubbled. I used to before the game open to see what the fortune was and see what yeah the no that was like going out for warm up or whatever that was like a big prize if you could get a bubble gum with a bunch of things wow. like that I mean now there's everything back then of course I mean but for me so anybody traveling to North Korea bring your bubble gum <laughs> I hope nobody's traveling to North I'm Korea anytime soon <laughs> you know that maybe well. That's that's a good tip. Any, Thank com- you. any communist countries? Thank you for having me as always. Pleasure to meet you guys. Absolutely. No, we'll uh, we'll keep pumping this out. Remember, guys out there, June 7th, the 22-year anniversary to celebrate, you must see the Russian Five documentary coming out on all digital platforms. iTunes, Spotify, Zubert, Qbert, whatever you that's want. That's a great Google party on play. a Friday. That's a great party. Great party Seriously. on a Friday. Oh. Yeah, grab some whatever it is that you like. Pizza, wings. Grab some wings. I don't know. Grab some Russian food. I don't know. Do something fun. What would you... Re- what would you... See? Okay, last question before I let you go. If anybody's not tried Russian food, what would you tell them to try? Like, the first thing that you would re- uh, recommend a person to try Russian food. Which Russian food? You're not going to give them the herring. You're not going to yeah, give them... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you guys no, don't what, really what? like the herring. No, no, um, no, that's an acquired... That's just... Yeah, pilmeni. I mean, you could try pilmeni. It's like a ravioli type of deal, like oh. a stuffed little things. They're What's made with, with chicken or beef or whatever, oh. and you boil them, and then you eat them. They're kind of like pierogies, but they're little. Oh, okay. See, yeah, that's, so that's grab some so... pilmeni. Yeah, because yeah. there's so many different things. I like the right... Food's awesome. We used to go. I would tell a story. We used to. Iggy used to take me, uh, me, me and Kazi to the friends that he'd known from Russia when he was playing for Vancouver. And mm-hmm. this, these little ladies in this apartment. And we go there, and we'd have pop, lemon poppy seed. That's what I always remember. They always had these lemon poppy seed muffins, but the food we always eat Russian food, and probably went three or four times. It was, mm. it was awesome. Well, thank you for having right, me. Jenny. I'm going to go pack. You, thank you so much. Right. I appreciate Jenny LaFemme, <laughs> the producer of the Russian Five, Jenny Fedorovich. Thank you, dear. Nice to see thank you. you. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, so you guys have your 
the job put June 7th. I don't care what you do. If you rent it, you buy it, do whatever. But let's get it out there. And uh, if there's no excuses. We'll be blowing that up on the prime time and everything like that, too. So, um, yeah. So, Jay, I, uh, knowing that you were coming in and, and you know, the, the fact that Lavonia Stevenson here with Sean, I mean, it just the way that things work. It's funny because does it. You know, when I when I say like our relationship, but it's it's the you look at the people around and you know even Perry because he's over from that side. But you know, it's funny how like things work out. Uh, years later, I said we got to get a picture because we have a picture from the first meeting we ever went to about three four years ago almost. You know what strikes me, Mac, is you and I can go long periods we don't see each other. Sean and I haven't seen each other in years. And nothing changes. You get back together in five minutes, and it feels like you were right back I where agree. you started. I, I always joke. I mean, Livonia is such a big city, and Jay, you can relate to this. I, I think it's the largest small town in the world. Just everybody kind of knows each other. It's, it's such a weird dynamic in Livonia. It's, it's crazy. Absolutely. It's, it's such a hockey really place, is. too. You really know, is. I mean, it's sort of like, and that's the one thing that if you're finishing off with the Russian Five before we get to a very important guest here on the phone lines, um, is the fact that it, like, when you talk about, culture and community you you're in a culture in Livonia when you're born in there whether it doesn't matter what school you go to what you know where you do what sport you play there's a culture over there and I think that that's the, the, the huge thing where you see and hockey's the hockey football right would be the the mainstay over there we all root for each other too as cheesy as that sounds it's like I like to hear when guys are doing well but that's the whole it's, thing it's, it's seriously that, that means like you know, we were talking, you know, hey, how's this guy doing? It warms my heart to hear that guys are doing well. We all just kind of root for each other. It's kind of, I know that sounds cheesy, but I, that's the way I've always looked at it. It's, no, you know it's what, the that's largest what, small town in the world. And, and you know what? That's a great segue for guys that always root for and guys that I always cheer for and was a big fan of. On the line right now, former, oh, God, this guy used to throw heat. Probably, I heard you still can top over 90, everybody. Welcome to Grind Time with Darren McCarty to Mr. Joel Zamaya. Joel, how are you, bud? I'm chilling, man. I'm just relaxing right now, man. You where you said you're in Cabo? Yeah, man. Me and my lady flew down to Cabo. We're down here doing a little fishing, dude. Get any, get any fish today? No, nah, we drew an O for today. Uh, yesterday, we caught some nice yellow fin, but today was a little O for, for us, man. Oh, that's all right. That's all right, buddy. Poolside anyways, right? Can't, be, can't beat that. Yeah, man. Ain't, ain't nothing better than me being out on the water, dude. I, li- I like it. So that's, uh, so obviously, uh, all us fans here and, um, you know, I, as a Tiger, I, uh, I remember, obviously, the run in 2006 and, and, and being around. Um, you know, what What do you reflect back on now being you're 35 now, right? Ish? Yeah, man. I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to be 35 this year, dude. I, uh, does you it, know, it's just, you know, be, go ahead. Did, no, I was going to say, does it seem like a lifetime ago? Or does it seem like a, uh, yeah. a different different time? Because when I think back about, you know, you know, playing, being retired for 10 years, it's like that person was different. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's a past time now for me, dude. You know, back then, you know, it's, it's already going to be like 10, 12 years now, dude. So, um, it's, it's just, you know, it's a memory now. A great memory is always going to be one of the best memories of my life. But, uh, you know, you got to move on, dude. And, uh, you know, you got to realize what's, what's ahead of you and what you got to plan ahead of yourself after the game. So, 
you know, right now I'm just chilling. I got a nine-year-old boy. You know, I just came out of a rough divorce. I got a beautiful girlfriend I've been dating for two years, dude. And I'm just, I'm just gathering my life together and just trying to go forward, my man. Well, my my only the only thing I care about is the fact that uh, that like you said, you're in a good place now, and and you're being able to fish, and you're a nine year old, and everything's going. Is he a baseball player? Your son? What was that? Yeah, you play baseball. You're nine year old. Yeah, no, he doesn't, dude. He doesn't. Yeah, he 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 actually don't want it. He tells me he don't want it. He wants to play softball, but uh, you know, my dad, my dad was a drill sergeant to me and baseball dude, so I'm not gonna do that stuff with him. I'm gonna let him go and enjoy what he has to do before I I give him a little taste of the game. You know, isn't that funny though, dude? Because you either a lot of times you learn um, either you things you grow up with that either defines who you are or you realize that, oh, I don't want to do that or whatever. Is that because I think that as a parent, you know, my my son just turned 23, right? Who's uh, um, he's uh, just graduated uh, his freshman year at UCLA, but uh, different path where he wanted to be a hockey player, but he ran into concussions and I wanted him to be a baseball player. Dude, because he was a way better yeah. baseball player. Like he was awesome when he like growing up and he just never had the passion for it. What do you think that like from your perspective going through what you've gone through, not only like you said, from a drill sergeant father to being a father now, what advice because you know, people look at you as the you know, you hit one oh four over one almost one oh five back in your day, bro. A hard throwing. What would you advice would you give to any parents or kids out there that either want to be a pitcher or an athlete or whatever? What's the Joel Zamaya um, advice? You know, for my advice, man, is of course every parent's going to be there for the child, man, and they're going to freaking give them one hundred and twenty percent support and everything. But you know, like I said, I came from a drill, a drill sergeant father, my dad. I wanted to play football so bad, dude. And my dad was like, hell no, nah, man. Mm-hmm. He saw something he saw something special in my arm, and he kept it at one spot. And like I said, if I was even joking along on the field, man, or I didn't think to be serious, he would go out and drag my ass out the field, man. So as a parent, you know, I, and for me, I was just like, it's kind of tough. So I'm kind of laying back on my son, laying back a little off on my son, dude. So, you know, just let your, just, Follow your kids' hearts. You know, I know my son. One of these days is going to be like he's going to look into the books and he's going to be like, you know, my dad was a fucking baseball player, man. My dad threw the fucking hardest ball in the league for a couple of years, man. You know, I want to do that. So when it comes to that time, man, that's when I'm going to be like, you know what? Let's do it, boy. But from right now, meantime, homes, you know, just just let your kids be. If they want to play Fortnite, I know. Let them play Fortnite. If you want to golf, if you want to and if your parents want them to be something else, just just relax, dude. You know, they'll either take it, they'll either come and ask you about it, or if not, man, just, you know, just follow their hearts. It'll be something special, you know? I love it, bro. Hey, now talk to me about throwing, like, you know, that, that obviously the 2006 season – um, and you, I mean, it, you remind me every time, and I flash back every time I think of you, I think of Ricky Vaughn, and and I think <laughs> a wild thing coming out of the pen, and I think of you just it doesn't matter what's gonna go on, you're gonna leave it all out there. And now, um, you know, it, and obviously paying attention and seeing it, uh, of I love the fact that after every 
pitch, every fastball you threw, you looked at the at the clock, right? At the the radar yeah. gun. And and we're, yeah, man, so I, so tell me tell us about that from uh, somebody who see because for me, baseball is my first love. I was a catcher, but I realized when I was about twelve, I could hit a hundred mile an hour fastball, but I couldn't hit the off speed. I was better at punching people, so I went to the hockey, even though I loved the baseball. But what's that like standing <laughs> on the mound, right, and just like gearing back and knowing? And then does it like do you get into this competition sometimes where you? You forget about the batter because it's like, dude, that clock's wrong. I mean, I was like faster than that because don't you know what you like? You would throw in how many pitches we see you throw as a reliever. We see you throw 10, 15, but you've thrown a zillion more of those. So can you take the listener behind what it's like to stand on that mound and just bring gas? You know, from a kid, in my perspective, being 21 in a big league school. And facing some of the great names and knowing some of those great names will come after the game and just nod their head to you, bro, and just be like, dude, you're, <laughs> you're something else. You're something special. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's so good, dude. You know, like I said, when I got in between those lines, in between those baseball lines, it was, it, I took the game serious. So when I wore that old English team, it was my team. It was my family. That's who I went out and battled for and gave my 120% for. So, you know, I'm Mexican, man. Like, to be better, you know, I, I grew up throwing blows, hands, haymakers, too, man, in the hood. So, it was a battle, bro. So, I didn't want anybody kicking my ass. And my dad, ever, my dad told me to be a, sergeant, a drill sergeant. And he was like, man, don't let anybody ever try to kick your ass, bro. You try to take them down before. And that's why I took it on, man. I respect hitters. I respect people in the game because those guys are great. Some of those guys are all famous that I face. Um, but like I said, it was a battle, and I was trying to win every fucking battle, bro. <laughs> you know what one of the best at-bats for me was? was it, you know, everybody talks about the heat that you bring. But, but Joel, take me back to that moment. I, when you broke A-Rod's femur, I mean, you literally broke A-Rod's femur. I think everybody in the park at Yankee Stadium that day, game two, was expecting you to rear back and throw 104. And, and A-Rod sitting in there being all A-Rod, and, and you let up on it. And, and it looked like his femur. Just talk to me, because that's pitching to me. Everybody knew what you could do, but that might be the most memorable pitch, at least from my perspective all year. Do you remember that at Batwell? Yeah, well, yeah, man, you know, but as being in with the starter, I mean, being a, uh, in the tunnel organization, I came up as a starter, man. So my four years in the minor league system was a starter. Uh, my four years in the minor league system, I led a lot of years in the right hand strikeouts. And I learned how to pitch, man. So that's what got me to the big leagues, just being a pitcher. So in the back, the back of my head, do I, I had a decent curveball. I could throw a changeup. I could throw a fastball. I, you know, sometimes... You know, the fans, everybody fell in love with that triple-digit fastball, dude. But at the same time, being professional and being facing professional hitters, you got to change that shit up. They're yeah. going to gonna catch up, and, and they're going to time your ass. And, and, and it happened with Team Griffey. I don't know if you remember that bad. Oh, he yeah. took my ass 480 feet for a grand slam because I didn't change it up on him. He timed my fastball. He he, he pissed on the, on the curveball, dude. And... She went for the next fastball and hit it 480 feet to Redfield. You know? yeah, but so bro, you gotta respect these guys, dude. He's a Hall of Famer, bro. He's all right. You know, you're allowed to. He's supposed to do that. All that does is, is reiterate <laughs> to me that the voters got it right. Because 
back and think about it, right? Like there's like, and, and did you not have like, like you said as a competitor and fiery, but you call it like it is. And the one thing about you is, is you have that respect for the game and respect for whatever. And dude, don't give it to me because you tip your hat because if you would have thrown that by him, Right? Like, isn't he supposed to do that? That's why I'm like, I'm not mad at you for it, dude, because because it's sort of, you know, that that's how many shots do you get to try to blow him by Griffey? You're right, dude. You don't get many chances by him, dude. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, so it's, it's a lot easier. Obviously, we're watching the replay, but it's a lot easier, you know, uh, 13 years, 12, whatever it is later, right, to look back on it. But, I mean... That's sort of to me that I always remember is you never really, you didn't give in. You weren't a give in. You were going to go, like if you're going to throw, it, you had a purpose to throw on your off speed. And you know what? Some, so, some motherfuckers, like it looked to me that you just were like, you, there's no way you can even touch that. Griffey's supposed to touch 100. But other guys, it was like, yeah. I don't think they could adjust in time. Isn't that how no, it was? Like you and you're, and you're right, you're, you know, but like I said, you know, at the same time, you gotta, you gotta buckle a curveball in there sometimes, gee, man, and a change up, and she just to change it up on this guy's size, you know? And, you know, that, that sometimes even makes you feel better when you can blow 102, 101, 100 miles an hour by a guy twice, and these guys, you can see them sitting and gearing up on it, and then you snap a curveball on their ass, and so they just, they look like jellies in your beard, and then... It's hard not to keep your emotions in, but like I said, you respect the game and shit, and you respect the header that you just have to turn around and give a little smirk or something. Like, dude, I got your ass, you know? <laughs> yeah, but see, I'm a catcher, bro, and then I, I'm like, you snap off. If he didn't even touch in that first two heaters, and you snap off that curve trying to be a smart ass, right, and you, and you miss with it, and then he hits it, aren't you more pissed at that? Like, well, like, you know, I'll be pissed, but that's that's what, like, you know, that's that's something where you got to take up on yourself, bro. You know, that's what you have to go into the media to after the game and say, be like, you know what, guys, my catcher gave me cards, or you know, they gave me one, he gave me the shooter, my best pitch, and I shook him off, trying to be a little cocky, man, and and I hung a curveball, and he took my ass deep, you know, I gotta I gotta erase that shit, I lost it for the team, I'll take it to the team. But tomorrow, if he throws me a freaking fastball, I'm not going to shake his ass off again. I'm going to blow his ass away with a fastball, you know? So that's so you learn from your mistakes, where it sounds like that's something that maybe you've done. Shook off a pitch and got, got your lunch fed to you and say, okay, I learned my lesson, which is, you know, what life's all about, right? I mean, what Yeah, was, what, part of, it's part of growing up, bro. That's all it is. Now, um... Obviously, you and I also have uh, another affinity because we both love cannabis, and you know, have, have, no, I mean, hey, I'm preaching to the world, bro. I got I got big announcements coming up that I can't say yet on this program, but being that uh, everything's legalized here, not that I really care about it or not, because I'm been delved into the medical uh, medical side of it, but uh, it's. I'm the first proponent here on Grind Time. Darren McCarty, the, uh, I protect that the leaf on the front of my shirt like I protected that Red Wing emblem because it's given me my life back. Now, it's, it's something that I was always lied to because I grew up, you're either the jock or a stoner. I didn't realize the correlation and, and medicinally and whatever else. So what I preach to everybody now is, is you know, 
you got to find out your own truth and don't get lied to and ask questions. And, um, you know, for, for whatever reason else, I mean, somebody said you smoked weed back in 2006. I mean, so did I, I mean, I smoked when I played because I was, couldn't drink. I didn't want to drink. I mean, I'm an alcoholic. I finally been almost sober for four years, but I wouldn't be able to do it without the plant. Um, you want to speak about your relationship? This is, this is the chance for you to, to let people know how you yeah. fe- feel about it and how you use it. Yeah, man, I, I get people checking on, you know, how it started for me and why I use it and what's the purpose of using it and why I continue and why I preach it now, too, as well. Um, first of all, you know, being part of the game, you know, alcohol and all that stuff is going to be there and all that stuff, like, like you mentioned it. And, of course, everybody likes to drink, man, but I just was one of those guys that, you know, you know really didn't choose to drink much. Uh, you know, being coming from a house where a father was drinking a lot and you got to see a lot of raging sides, too. So, uh, you know, I didn't choose to do that. So, uh, I got to go in. You know, ever since pot was around my family many years, I grew up around it. So, you know, you being a little kid, you smell a fucking smell, and you, and you, you ask questions what it is, and everybody tries to hide it because that feeling was the worst thing on earth, you know? So, uh, I, I come across it, man, being high school years. You know, everybody's going to be year 18, 17 years old. You're going to try stuff. Of course, you, fight, you try your first joint, your joint, and... Being a little kid, man, before I even got drafted or anything, I, I, I smoked on Tissot and I got hooked on it. So I, I used it for purposes reasons, for purpose reasons, which is pain reasons, you know, medical reasons. I have I use it for sleep reasons. Um, and I get drafted. I go sober for four years because obviously in the minor leagues you can't use it, okay? Um, you get drug tested and everything. So... The only thing that's there for me, like, the theories and all that is location, which is Advil, Tylenol, etc. And those things that are easy to put down your throat and try to make the pain go away. And easy to get hooked on. So as soon as I made the business team, man, uh, obviously you're in the 49, you don't get drug, you get drug tested, but back then it was, it wasn't drug tested. So, you know, that was for me a golden opportunity to get back to what I used to use to help me. Uh, with pain and, 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 and my, my, my medical problems, dude. And and I, I used it on the download, and, you know, and I, that's the funny thing with me. Like, no one would ever know until this last this last interview I've done, and I came out with it, that I used it when I played professional ball, you know? Right. No, it and being a professional athlete, and being a professional athlete, man, like, I... You would play so many damn games, dude. And after the first year, 2006, I did okay, man. I had a couple of injuries. But it's till the year after 2006, man, is when I started using like, using it, like, every day of my life, you know? And and I started using it by CBD, because I do come from California, and, and we were medicalized a lot way before anybody else. So we were getting stuff that other states and other <clears throat> cities were Medical pot, dude, and it didn't affect me. 
like I like I said, you know, I went out there every day and played with guys at 120 percent, and I gave them 120 percent, man. And if you look at it, bro, like I was a diehard baseball player, dude. There was not one time I guess you could call me out on the baseball field and you could say, you know what, dude, this guy is fucking stone on the baseball field. What the fuck's up this guy? What's wrong with this guy? What's going on with Jimmy, dude? You know, what, what is he thinking? What, what's he looking at? You know, does this guy look stone on the field? No, man. Like, no, I, they, I, see, I, they don't. I, under, I, they don't understand the 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 process or whatever. I think more so now because that's the whole thing. I mean, so that you you you're like a lot of the, the way the hockey players were. Me, my thing is the minute like because I had uh, hernia surgery and and I couldn't do the pills whatever like that and i never smoke weed and my buddy gave me weed and my body just said oh my god this is where has this been your whole life so i always for the last 10 years would you know in and out whatever my thing was as long as i didn't drink and it helped me not drinking it wasn't until you know trying to uh, well to almost killing myself from drinking to having some people around me that i got educated and really just you know um gave into the plant but respected the plant and respect and know that my system is the way it is now just so you should know i just so we the nhl pa um and uh big uh canopy canada had just put 40 million dollars towards extensive tests that the nhl by june of 2020 is going to come forward as the first league that say hey cbd and all this stuff with all the with all the testing um you know, here's the facts, and now let's make our lives better. Because the whole thing, and and I know not it's it, like people. It's the misconception. It's a misconception because I always preach. What I've learned is that don't tell me what you're smoking or what you're using. Tell me who made it, because it's the whoever grew it, what they grew it with, what they manufactured, whether it's a CBD, whether it's, there's so many levels to this game that can help you with different things. Um, it's amazing. And, and, and for whatever other reason, you know, I, um, applaud you for, you know, your truth, bro. I always have, because the one thing that I always loved is like you said, is that what I see on, on the mound is the person that I, that I see, you know, think that I see and hear that I see. And, and I always appreciate, uh, not only you, uh, being a great tiger and, yeah, and all those memories, but continuing on, man, yeah, like you're saying, I just, I just wanted to come out clear and let, let people know, like, like you said, man, people take this, this, people look at this game, uh, the medical game now, the medical marijuana game, some are still caught up. In the Nixon era, bro. Oh, I know, dude. <laughs> you know? Or Reagan, or and, and, and it's just almost it's just crazy. Dude. I'm just, it's, I'm not banging on it and all that, but like, there's so many tests out there now. There's so many states that are legalizing it now. So many states that are like, dude, there's so many medical doctors now that are saying like, this is this is the way to go. You know, this is the way to go. You, and and like I said, for me, man, after my first surgery, my finger surgery, I you know I I took medication, I took taking all those after pills that you get after post freaking surgery, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, all the freaking painkillers and shit, uh, narcos and all that stuff, dude. And and I just wouldn't feel right. 
Dad. I, I would have bad nights. I, I would feel, I would, I would bad nightmares. I would feel like I didn't want to do nothing. I would feel like I just didn't want to do anything. I just, nothing, man. And, until my best friend went, my best friend, David Belpert, went and got his medical card for me, dude, just because she didn't want my name being involved in any of this, you know? Right. And he would go for me, bro. He would go for me and pick up. He would pick up my first medication, dude. And I was back in California, so he brought me concentrate. And I know you guys all know what concentrate is now, you know, wax and, and all that stuff. So he brought me some stuff, dude, that was, you know, just CBD and TAC all combined together, dude. And I swear to God, after I hit that, bro, it's probably the last time I took a freaking Norco and all that shit because... I'm- that, I was just like, dude, I was just like, you know what? I'm able to get up. I'm able to be responsive. I'm able to go to therapy. I'm able to get my whole therapy. And next thing you know, in six to eight months, I'm back on the field, dude, unexpectedly early. And people are questioning, like, dude, is this guy back early enough? Just, did he do enough time? Look, Zoom's still throwing 100, dude. Like, that's my hashtag. Aaron, uh, I don't know if you saw my face line on I hashtag. 100 mile per hour pie, bro. <laughs> uh, exactly. Dude, but that's that's the whole thing. And, you know, you what I would say learning from it now is because you were helping yourself, your system, with your endocannabinoid system and, and having it running quickly. I, I'm a huge proponent in that. And actually, uh, I got big news in the cannabis front coming out, but that's one of the big things that uh, I'm developing is is a one-to-one strain. And and I'll tell you this, I got a, I got a, like a 10 to 10 to 10, like you said, concentrate that I hit hit with my nectar collector for the first rip of the morning. And that just, it sort of starts the engine. You know, it just sort of like, you know, okay, what do we have to take care of today? And and it just sort of, you can feel your body, you can feel your system turning on pretty much. And then usually it's me, it's like, oh, I might have overdid it last night because I got way too high from the shit that was still in there. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. You did like that. There's so many haters out there i'm just like my girl sometimes looks at me dude there and i smoke constantly through the day bro and my girl and then like i'm gonna tell you my parents especially my mother my mother was anti anti dude she just she she hated the shit and my mom uses cbd every day now yeah oh yeah dude. she has she has arthritis she has bad arthritis in her hands and carpal tunnel dude and and I gave her CBD cream for the first time a couple of months ago, dude. And she she left the thing there brand new. And I was like, Mom, you think that shit cost me 80 bucks? And you just use that. Just try it. Dude, she tried it one night. She went to work. She came back. And she told me straight up she didn't feel no pain. And now every week, every other week, bro, I go and buy my mom and dad a, piece of, a little thing of cream. And it gets them through the day. We gave it to my grandmother, my great-grandmother, because she has carpal tunnel, dude. It's just, it's, it's nuts, dude. It's just crazy. It's, 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 it's so cool, man. You know, I, I just, people can look at me as, as they want to look at me then, but I'm going to continue doing what I do. It helps me. It gets me through the day. It doesn't affect me. I can go on through my day being responsive, being aware of things, not being one of these people that think that a pothead is just sitting down, smoking, eating munchies, going to sleep, laughing, just being idiots, you know? Yeah, it's my, it's, see that that's the whole thing, and don't get it twisted. We'll do that too 
when there's a time and a place, but at the other time <laughs> part of the day. Like, right? I mean, if we're going to sit around and get our and blaze our faces off. I was trying to, a, I was trying to I know you were in a session. No, but not during the day. We'll go to meetings. We'll go to business. We'll sit down. We'll do the family shit. We'll know how to maintain. And then we'll sit down and blow, you know, when you're trying to, you know, edible game, all that stuff. That's the best part of it. And you know what the best part, Joel, is you'll wake up the next morning. And if you, and the best, tell me this with weed, if you ingest it with an edible or RSO or do something that is like, doesn't agree with you. With weed, you're not going to do it again. Is that true? Like, if you yeah, take too much RSO or if you take too much edible, you're not. You're going to learn from your mistake the first time with weed. Are you not? Very true, because that's how I, I learn myself. Too. You don't learn how to manage yourself and be tolerant to it, to your own self. Absolutely. You know, the first time, there, you already know, people who smoke weed, bro, they're going to get ripped off their ass, dude. If this is just the first time you're going to get stoned off of that, you're going to have fun. You're going to keep on being around the same people if you're having a good time, just enjoying anything. You're going to feel like you overdose on any panic and shit. But the next day, dude, you're going to wake up and you're going to be perfectly fine and you're going to tell yourself, you know what? I know how much I did. Now maybe just half a joint or something and my body's going to be straight. And I'll enjoy myself. They know it's going to bother me. I ain't going to be an idiot. I ain't going to make myself look like an idiot. And that's just it, bro. Period. <laughs> no, that's, and and that's the, the bottom line is the whole thing. Like, for me, the biggest thing is I was insomniac. Right, I never sleep. That's why I drank. And I mean, uh, other than I'm an yeah. alcoholic, but but so when I smoke weed and I can finally sleep, it was like, oh my god, and wake up and be ready to go. It was like life changer, um, you know. The, and and my goal, um, we're talking with Joel Zamaya, former Tiger pitcher, uh, flame thrower. Like, do you know how many times you hit over? You hit the radar gun over a hundred. I think, I think honestly, bro, I think it's still hold the record for most consecutive fastballs thrown over 100. I think it was like 234, I think. Okay, wait a second. I time. think I still. Right time, time out right here. 234 straight Holy triple shit. digit heaters. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, that's why. That's. That's wow. why I had six surgeries, bro. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, yeah, no shit. And you know what? You're not smoking enough. But a couple things I want to touch on. The, the most, like you said, what you said is that people have to understand. That's a cream, right? You passed along a CBD cream. We hadn't said anything about smoking anything and to get the medicinal value of the plant in the CBD that's helped your mom's arthritis. You know, the, you, you look, you know, for all that stuff. But 234? Mm. Right? No wonder your arm. How? What's? What? Hey, how is it cat? Like, so, what do you cast about two hundred yards on your fishing pole? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I, I, and I'll be the I'll be the ultimate fisher. I'll be putting fisherman shows on. That's the cast in the game, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! I mean, like, you know, uh, no one wants to fish with Zamaya because he can outcast everybody by three hundred yards. And there's like the big fish yeah. over the back. He'll only park the boat just off the side. So, so poor little Sean and Jason will be like <laughs> casting them out ten yards, and they can't get over to the yeah, bridge. Man. And you're throwing it over, and you're bringing back barracuda and tuna. Nah. Uh, I was fucking, I was fucking with the boys today on the boat. Uh, he was, he was, he was actually chumming, bro. 
and the tuna were boiling up around us and shit. And he goes, he looks actually, actually, he's Mexican. He actually looks at me and goes, hey, Zamaya, that's right, bro. You were a pitcher and you threw fucking hard. Throw these things at the fish. Uh, dude, then you're like, yeah, six, six surgeries ago. How, what's, I don't so what, what is the, uh, you know, obviously you're still young, man at 30, almost 35, but with your six surgeries is with, with your arm and stuff, what's the, what do you deal with? You have arthritis in there. What kind of, uh, lingering pain from throwing oh, those? You know, I still do. I, I deal with a lot of chronic pain to my arm. I, I can still throw there, which I'm very blessed still. Thank God not can completely destroy my arm, bro. Um, I'm, I can still throw, and but I, I still deal with a lot of chronic pain. I am, doctors do say that I am, because I, I do see a doctor through my clinic, and he does say that I, I'm going to deal with major, major arthritis in my shoulder, because I have a reconstruction sh- uh, shoulder. I had a grade five, uh, AC joint separation. So, uh, and that was, I think, in 2008 when those mysterious fires. Wow. And, um, yeah, man, on this, I fucked their shoulder up pretty bad, dude. So, uh, you know, my, my arm is, is, is pretty torched, dude, but uh, I'm very blessed, like you said, to be 35 and do what I do and and, and have uh, a good old guy that's made plant legalized and CBD and all that that's, that gets me through the day and 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 like I said I'm I'm, I'm just enjoying life right now, man. Yeah, I know, and I know you're saving your arm for when the kid wants to do a, a toss. Maybe you'll get lucky; you'll have the speed, and he'll be a lefty. Hey, lefties out of the bullpen. Yeah. Hey, it's lefties like lefty relievers are like it's like they're the spoiled like centermen of the games, right? You know, like the righties don't get the respect. That the lefties, they think that, like, because they're lefties, that they're special. Is that not true? Well, you know, lefties are naturally born nasty, dude. Uh, <laughs> it's, they, right. just have, they, just, they just have nasty cut, nasty movement to the ball. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm actually, my son was born lefty, so I'm, <laughs> I'm oh. kind of praise God. I'm preaching God on that one. I'm like, damn, as soon as I see my son pick up a pin and pick a lefty, I'm like, Yes. <laughs> ah, I love it, dude. That's a four-minute pitcher saying, which one? The biggest? What was the biggest day? The gender reveal? No. Which hand did he pick the pencil up with? Or the four hours and lefty? Oh, my God. That's why, that's why you're, hey, he's only nine. We got to wait. We got to wait. That's odd. Dude, I, I love it. Um, Obviously, uh, you still play video games or no? What was that? What was that? I'm I, said, sorry. I said video games. You mentioned Fortnite. Your oh, son yeah. likes Fortnite. Do you play Fortnite? I play Call of Duty, dude. Oh, Call of, yeah, I love that, dude. I, you know what? Hey, yeah. listen. You know how I realized that I was like bad in the and the brunt about t- t- ten years ago when it started coming out. My son at the time and his buddies, you know, they were like twelve, thirteen. They're like, Dad, you want to play with us and stuff? And they're playing Search and Destroy, right? And I'm so okay. I figured out about the third game because I'd be the idiot that have like maybe one kill and 17 deaths, but they tell me to run out in the middle so they'd see where everybody sniped me from so they could all take them out. So I was just I was used as fodder. I was like, cause I'm I'm bad, dude. Like you got to give me a I got to use the MP10 or something because I need a, as many bullets as I can have because I can't hit a broadside <laughs> of a barn. 
I play with my brother and a couple other dudes that I play softball with on, on Monday nights with you, um, my team, and, and we get a squad of four on, on blackout. And I tell these guys, hey, dude, let me tell you something. I brought my freaking marshmallow, my graham crackers, and my firewood. I'll be in this tree. Don't worry about me. <laughs> I'll be Camping like a mofo. Yeah, hey, hey, that's it. I'm a noob and you're a camper. <laughs> Two of the hey, most. Dude, I do fine. Hey, you, hey yeah, I, um, when we win like games, oh, I'm like the last one left in the group, and, and I'm over here camping. These were like dead silence and everything, and I creep up on these from behind. Oh, they run by the tree, and I, I kill them from behind. I get these guys riding me down, like, dude, you just write the awful things to me, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. Hey, man, how did you write that, bro? You're the biggest camper. You're weak, bro. I'm like, hey, man, I'm just roasting marshmallows. you killing your ass. <laughs> dude, they don't call me the camper for nothing. I'm a new That's right. <laughs> I like, where? I'm watching my, my, death, my death ratio, man. I'm watching my kill death ratio, you know? Yeah, exactly. Your stats, man. Your analytics these days. You know, analytics into the, the, the there's this E-League and all these things you never know. You might see the zoom on the uh, Call of Duty E League. Just we, we see the guy pull out the uh, marshmallows and the freaking s'mores and start cooking up the the camping up in the tree. We know it's you, bro. Yeah, man. If you get shot from the back and the guy came out of the tree, you know it was zoom. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Everything, everything that they tell you not to do or that everybody hates is like we should just make a, a group of just like. Totally, like, not following the rules. Because guys hate, oh, gamers hate that stuff. Um, oh, they hate it, dude. They despise it. But, hey, you know what? That's why it's called a game, bro. I have fun doing shit. You know? I love it. <laughs> hey, a uh, couple things before I let you go. Where are you hanging your hat these days? Where's home? I live in San Diego, man. I'm back oh. in San Diego. My whole family's in San Diego. So that's where I reside. It's a little bit Awesome. Good. I'll have to look you up when I'm... Make it down there. Now, hey, you know what I'm holding on to right now? Which is funny because where we shoot, there's, uh, so Grind Time with Darren McCarty. Um, yeah, there's also a podcast, uh, Detroit, uh, Detroit cast. So Radio for One Studios. But it's, long story short, back in the day, Drew and Mike on WRF 101 The Riff. So Mike Walters was a producer. So he owns this house. I'm holding your Warren 1024 06 game three shoe Joel Zamaya autograph that he got at some charity auction your foot's like a 15 or something it's nice just, man that's it, awesome it is it's and you know how I know it's it's legit talk about that toe guard I'm gonna show everybody the thing but you know like the toe tap guards because you'd be pushing off so hard so that the Toe, was that so the toe of the, the shoe doesn't, like, wear out? Because you could seriously blow yes. blow the toe out? Like, would that happen if guys – you, did you have these in the minors too? Yeah, man, absolutely, dude. You know, I think we did this shit. We blow that shit out easy. That's why we put the rubber there. We, we go through the spikes easy because we just – we rub our, our foot off so bad off the rubber that it just grinds the rubber right off. So how many pairs of shoe – like, what's – like – I would go through a pair of skates a month. What would like or two? You know, a pair. Probably I'd rotate them. Pair of skates a month. How many sh pair of shoes a you month know, would you go through? I would probably go through. Uh, I'll say about 
say probably two pairs of spots. I'll four. I will go through four. Two homes and two aways, man. Wow. So two, two with or two with orange and two with white. You know. Yeah, would you would you find it? Would there ever be like a shoe where it was like, oh man, this is gonna suck when this thing goes because it just felt like because it, it, they got to be all different. They got to be like hockey skates, even though they're supposed to be all identical. They're not. Like, would yeah, you- no, man. I, I'm telling you, there's there's some shoes out there that I just I will wear them and I will throw them out because I didn't like them. And, and there were some spikes that just I still own some to this day and they're brand new dude because i didn't want to put them on my shoe <laughs> my foot <laughs> that's a, hey dude that's that's the best part i tell everybody the thing that sucked the most for me is my son was playing hockey when i retired in 08 and i had four nine and a half skates for him and his foot's ten and a half mm. motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> so so oh, more of the stories your kid's gonna and by the time he gets into these 13s or whatever, 15s, whatever size his foot is, they're big. They're big. But uh, they yeah. work out. Yeah, they're big. All I right, bro. Mean. Well, I appreciate your time. I hope you enjoy uh, the rest of your time with uh, with your lady and uh, get go catch some fish and enjoy the sun. And uh, I'll, check, uh, I'll check in with you down the road, uh, Zoom. But uh, big fan, uh, bigger fan of the person. Uh, thanks for joining us hey, on Grind Time, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. And like I said, I like I like speaking the truth. It's my second home, and I love all my fans, and I love all you guys. Man. I appreciate that. Well, we love you, bro, and that's the whole the whole thing. We enjoy uh, speaking the truth. Enjoy my truth is what I say. You're another truth warrior there. That's uh, Joel Zamaya, uh, former... Uh, Middle reliever, setup guy, just flamethrower. 234, Sean. You know what's Straight amazing? Straight 100. That's, dude, like, can Sick. we, what have you done to, Jay, you can't put 234 straight freaking forks in your mouth at anything that you're eating that is, like, can you put that into perspective? I was telling Sean before we got Joel on. I remember watching those games, and he'd come out, and you'd watch that. And that was before everyone started throwing 100, and you'd watch that, and the crowd get into mm. 100, 101, 102, and... You'd hear Hendrix, and, and it just built. It built up. It just up. built. Dude, it was like, it was, it was, it reminded me when when that, and it was like, it was like the wild thing. Oh, wow. Deuce, deuce in the... You, you know what's crazy, Mac, is you two were talking... Boston game. As you two were talking, it, it, it hit me... And I don't know if you know this or if Joel knows this. Do, do you know why guys like you are so relatable? Um, because you're real. Yeah. You guys, you guys, you know, I've seen you out in public. And, and you know what? You aren't, there are some guys that are not approachable. Let's be honest. Yeah, okay. We, no all, names, we all know that. No names being mentioned. But you know what? You're, you want me to drop some names? You're, you're, you're you. You're you. And here I am, warts and all. And Joel was the same way. Like watching <laughs> Joel in that element... Joel was really, you guys were one of us. Yeah. Whether you want to admit it or not, I don't care. Oh, I do. Because and, and, and like that to me, and I don't think Joel, because he was young. I don't think Joel got that he was like, 
he was one of us. And one of the coolest things I've seen in this town, and, and now I'm going to put my fan hat on for a moment. My son and I had You're tickets. You're allowed, bro. You're a fan. Well, well, my son and I had Tiger tickets for years. You're an objective years. fan. We had Tiger tickets for years. And 2006, what people forget, listen, let's be honest, nobody thought they were going to beat the Yankees. No, the way the season ended, nobody I thought did. they were going to. Okay, well, other than Mac, nobody thought they were going to beat the Yankees. And in my mind, it started with him breaking A Rod's femur in game two, and then Kenny Rogers, give me the fucking ball, you know, losing yeah. his shit. And then that game four was one of the coolest moments I've ever seen in my lifetime because you're sitting there and we're smoking the Yankees. We're not just beating the Yankees. Dude, it was like, it We're reminded me of 2002 against Colorado, 4 nothing after the first period, and we're sitting in there, and it's the scariest time. People say, where's the scary? You know, and I, prob- like, number one was probably after we lost to Colorado because we'd gone to the finals, and just like, holy shit, we never get back there. But that was, like, the second because it was one. it was the same thing as, like, is this really happening? That's How, exactly what it was. Shoe on the other foot because you're sort of like, oh my gosh. I like I I kid you not. I made a point to like take a step back and take a snapshot in my head, and I don't need it on my fucking no. phone. That's in my head yeah. forever. Like I just looking at my son, like enjoying that moment, and then when they when they finally beat the Yankees and everybody goes nuts and they disappear for a minute. And if you remember, they all came back out. Yeah. That was one of the coolest, mm-hmm. and and I happen to be there for the Maglio homer. I'll never forget it, as long as everybody remembers where they were. I'm telling you, to me, that night was better. Mm. When they beat the Yankees because it was the spontaneous celebration, and Joel comes out, and he crouches down, and he's spraying everybody like he's playing Call of Duty yeah. with, the, with the champagne. I'll never forget that. Yeah. And, and to me, those guys in that moment – completely endeared themselves the way when you guys yeah. won in 97, that, that's it. You're heroes forever. That's it. It's over. No matter what you do the rest of your life, you can fuck up beyond all belief. You're still, and in that moment, even though they didn't win at all, that 06 team but, to me, that was it. It was, that all they over. Brought, it was all over. They were, but they were ye- yeoman almost. More so a lot of times in baseball because I think a lot of times the language barrier and depending on who your stars are, who your leaders are. You look at the leaders back then, you bring up Kenny Rogers, you bring up Pudge, even though Pudge, but he he's Americanized. And so it, a lot of times, I believe it's it's the culture again. It comes down to culture, but that's what it's all about. And yeah, you remember those it, few that- bar between. Like I tell everybody, the best part, see, growing up around here, is yeah, I could you know why I was a Dead Wings fan? And you know why I could root for the Wings? Because I had the Tigers. Because '84 they won. Because I had Lance Parrish yep. and Tram and Gibby and Sweet Lou and all those guys where I didn't have to hang my hat on the Tigers or anything else. And I don't know. I just like real people. And and Joel's mind has always been real through ups well, and downs and and whatever else. And and relatable, like Sean said. Uh-huh. That word you, Sean, it takes me back maybe about six months after I met Mac. And we went to a Tiger game together. And we're sitting down there, and we got up to go uh, to the concession stand. And a father and his son, maybe eight years old, they approach Mac. You think they get a, you know, an autograph, and that'd be great. And Mac takes the time to sit there, and he talks for him for two or three minutes. And we leave, and I look back at the son and his father, and that look on that kid's oh. face. And I came up to Mac, and I said, he'll never forget about that for the rest of his life. And Mac says to me, you got to remember, 
I was a fan before I was ever a professional. I was that kid. That's he awesome, that kid. Uh, Mac. And- I was that kid. That's why people say that's why I used to give out pucks at the end of warm up every game. I gave out five on the one side, five on the other, and five at the bench every game. Why? Because when I was a kid, I and I still to this day, if I go to a baseball game and that foul flies near me, you better, hey, you gotta wonder uh, frisky because I will. Jump on a souvenir. Lanes. I might make the catch depending on what strain I'm on that day. True story, Mac. I I told my son. I was talking to my son last night. You know, he's he's in school in Chicago, and one of his favorites is Joel's of mine. I'll get to a reason why because it it goes along with what Jay said, and he was so excited. And I I don't know if Jack's listening right now, but we did an appearance at one of those hitting clinic places. You know, where they have a professional hitter teaching you how to hit, and, and so. Joel came after a Tiger game, and, and like he looked at the crowd, and he goes, all right, if you guys promise not to tell anybody, I'm going to throw some pitches, all right? But but I, you can't, you yeah, can't no, say no, anything, no, right? Yeah, exactly. And this, here this guy teaching people how to hit stands in the box, stands in the box, and Joel just throws three heaters by him. And the guy, the guy like looks around. And he goes, "I can't keep up with this." He goes, "I played college ball, man. I saw 93. He's throwing a buck four. I can't do anything." Joel looks at my kid. He's six years old. Joel looks at Jack and goes. Jack, get get in the box. Get in the box. Jack gets in the box. He throws Jack and you know, just tosses up. Yeah. Jack crushes it. That's that's a memory for life. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. Joel, Joel Zumaya became a hero in that Absolutely. moment. That's Being it. Joel Zumaya. And I'm so glad, Mac, that you have that mentality. You don't know the impact no. that you can make on people, man. And so I, it's I love never, it's, it's one of those things that is, you know, uh, I don't know. I guess what I realized in my journey back from the dead is that, you know, if you like, it's always been that way, but I realized because, you know, you never know how, you know, what kind of day somebody else is having. And then shit. I mean, you saw, I don't know if anybody saw the other day I had to, uh, I have to apologize. Cause I guess I, I, when I did my advanced auto parts fucking thing the other day, I tagged the Canadian, company by accident but that's a fucking thing that i'm working on as i'm going to get a social media person but i went into i went into fucking advanced auto in madison heights right to return a part because i was told that we were here and my boy was working on the car and he said i didn't need to use it take this back right now jay you know me right you ask me anything about gardening cutting grass plants shit like that i can help you out ask me something about a car Right? I don't give a shit. You see what I drive. I know where the gas goes. And maybe I know where an oil change place is. Right? But when I'm told and I walk up and I hand it to him and the guy looks at me and he goes, what was that? Well, they're not all there. I can't take that back. I'm going, whoa, 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 bro. I, I said, I was told. What's it meant? You, you, you can't do this. And I'm like, Alex, I'm like, you having a bad day, bro? You're always a dick. Like, what the hell? Like this. And I'm like, listen, I, how many times? And I fucking snapped. And there was an old guy there that was nice and was quelling it. So I was still sort of chirping as I was leaving. And I got in the car. And I never do that. But I, I always think about what my wife says. Think about that older person. Or think about the person that can't stick up for themselves. It's like there's no reason to treat anybody else. I know yeah. you're having a bad day or whatever else. Absolutely. But it's a lesson for everybody. And I'm not perfect. But it's just the fact that you never know who, who it's gonna be, and I mean, it's like it's like that's, 
I don't know. I just had to say something the other day. But uh, so my apology goes out to the Canadian company that I tagged that's getting all the hate mail. I take it off, but I don't know how the fuck to do that shit. And until I do, <laughs> which is coming soon, we'll figure it out. We got 2-2 St. Louis and Boston here with two minutes left in the first period. Oh, wow. Grizzlick just got hit from behind. Headshot. Two-minute power play. Bennington gave up uh, two two kind of shaky goals. Yeah, he, he, he I was saw, kind of I, shuffling I saw, both times. I saw old Chucky Coyle, the old hometown kid, Barry, on the first one, but... Oh, there's a Kruger. Beat, beat him, beat him between the uh, the wickets both times. He was kind of mm. shuffling, and uh, I think a couple he might want. The one in particular he'd like back. So a couple things I'm gonna um, let people know about um, coming up. Uh, we will uh, put it online. But if anybody's going to the Grand Prix in Detroit, have you been? Guys, ever been to the Grand Prix? Yes. I've been like four or five Good times. Time. I'll be down there from noon to one in the Meyer Zone. Signing autographs, I think uh, um, Connor Cook and Rick Mahorn and Earl Curitan and but hey, be hey, out take there. us through real briefly, Mac. You got one of those cars once and took a spin, didn't you? Oh, the Grand Prix cars. Yeah, yeah you know, here's the thing, right? Like, oh, so I didn't tell you, Jay. I don't know if you know this, but um, um, I get to drive the pace car at the Firekeeper 400 a week from Sunday. Very nice. Yeah, sort of Charlotte Flair from WWE got to do it in Charlotte this week, and I get to do it, so I'm looking oh, that's awesome. for advice. I, I put it out there on Twitter, right? Any advice on it? And somebody tweeted back and said, don't punch the gas when you leave the pit. I'm going to behave that in the back of my mind, right? But no, the bucket list for me and anybody who knows me is that I've become a NASCAR fan of the past five, six, seven years, Um and it's real exciting. Not only that, so I'm with the Grand Prix. Now, going around, I've done, gone around in a Cadillac. And then I've gone Ari Leyendijk and uh, Fittipaldi. Emerson Fittipaldi. Emerson Fittipaldi. Yeah, they drove the dually. So you sit in the back, you put the suit on, and you're, oh, dude. Like, I was a little larger. Remember a few years I ago? You telling me. I was like, fuck. I was like, probably 50 pounds larger dude it was snug the, i did it twice the first time i don't remember being that big it was all right second time was was just get this thing over with so, i'm not a, just stuffed in there man i felt like a turkey it was like but the whole thing is is that that's like the pace car is perfect for me i don't need to go fast i'm not a fast guy maybe because like living life so fast for so long and and you know, I guess being such a fucking cannabis connoisseur has just brought me. I I like watch them go around the racetrack, but um, do that. So they're coming into town, and I'm gonna have we're doing a special grind time. We're gonna have next uh, next Wednesday, Aussie Maltz, uh, maybe Dougie Brown calling in. Uh, that should be a, a great show. And then fr that Friday, I'm gonna do a special with uh, Ryan Ellis. And uh, Michael Annette from who drive uh, Ryan's a part time driver in the Xfinity Series. Annette just finished six at Charlotte, where I got to ask him, dude, because you're in that car and it's 140 degrees and one of the hottest things. So, um, you know, the, both those guys played hockey growing up. Uh, he actually, uh, um, let's see, I have it right here. Um, Annette played for the Waterloo Blackhawks of the United States Hockey League. And uh, Ryan Ellis with the Potomac Mavericks, uh, the PIHA, 
and for the GMU college hockey team. So a bunch of hockey players doing NASCAR, which just makes sense. You know, a lot of times you hear that former football players joining the pit crews and all that stuff. So that's another sport that has just gotten more interesting to me. And uh, anytime I can delve into that, um, it's going to be exciting. So uh, those are things, I think, coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, next week, uh, obviously, uh, on Instagram, check it out, Grind Time Podcast, Grind Time with Darren McCarty on Twitter, uh, and obviously uh, Facebook. Um, anybody looking to golf, uh, I got to tell you, Cattails Golf Club, 18-hole championship track in South Lyon, Michigan, former home of the LPGA Futures Tour, Michigan Amateur Qualifier and more. Two very unique nines, one unique golfing experience, Wetlands featured on the front, hardwoods and native forests on the back, range, multiple practice areas, and full bar and menu at the clubhouse. Come on out to the course that the Grind Time family plays, and yes, we do, out there playing on Sunday and watching Perry scrape it around to another. I had to actually, I did a little pre-thing. I had to leave after nine holes, so I had to nullify the bet, right? So I can't add it to Perry's totals. But I still am gonna, okay? Because he, he 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 battled hard, but thank God he had Bruce as his partner. Anyways, anybody wants to check out our Facebook page for an exclusive offer to Grind Time fans, that will get you 18 holes in a cart for 25 dollars during the week. That's a hell of a deal. That goes for like an eighth. So that's what I'm saying, you know. Mac doing a live read. That's awesome. Way to go. Props. It's golf. Yeah, way to go. It's golf. What's uh Shawnee, what do you got coming up? You know what? I think I could be wrong. Are you gonna be out at that LPGA event? Are you playing at that Yeah, I'm gonna be out there. We're uh Are you playing or are you No, I'm just gonna we're doing the show out there, you know, because we're all over the state. So we're 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 out there. So that'll be a good day. That's got a lot of guys. There are a lot of guys out there that day. I like I love catching up with uh and uh, Wingo, I love catching their day. He's always a good dude to yeah, talk they, to. Yeah, you know, I I, I think Thaisman's going to be out there. There's yeah. a bunch of dudes that are going to be out there. So, uh, got that coming up. That's it's pretty cool. So, um, looking forward to that. It's it's going to be you know the draft's going to be here before you know it too. So, yeah. it, Mac, I was telling you before the show started. What what amazes me is I, I this year for some reason more people are asking about the draft than ever, and and. I'm hoping that more people become cognizant of how good junior hockey well, when is. is the, uh, when is the draft? Uh, June, give me a second. Is it the 22nd? I think it's, is it the, I think it's the 22nd. All right, well, let's talk about that because, you know, we're throwing around uh, but it's, it's, stuff it's, about, but I, I'd love to do a show on that just to get, because we, we got to, here's the whole thing it, uh, is we got to prepare people to what to look for um as far as moving forward yeah it's great that uh the pieces are in place but let's you know let's hear a little bit more about what we have coming up who we can expect why to get excited for you know picking out the things and i think it's probably something that uh post draft thing would be probably good well well, the whole lose for hughes everybody was devastated and i was like no you're gonna get a really good player at six See, I always be- really I always believe in these situations to the karma effect is that you're going to get who you're supposed to get. You look at Zadina. You needed Zadina. Mm-hmm. You don't have a left-handed sniper stand at that spot that Kucherov stands at, that friggin' uh, what's uh, here, this guy, Tarasenko. They sit on that left side like guys sit on the right side that can pick those corners. You know, like a pure goal scorer. And then you build on that. And you just, I think it's, it's, 
to get people excited is they got to understand um, the direction. And I think that's one of the things that I think that Steve, when he realizes what the plan is, it'll be, here's the plan. And you see, and you can watch it unfold before sort of your eyes. And Steve's going to end up, if you follow what he did at Tampa, Steve's going to end up getting rid of somebody that I think is going to drop a lot of jaws. Who it is, I don't know. But this goes back to what you were saying earlier in the show. Um, this is a guy that's been there and done that. And, and, and you know, just bringing him in, that... It, Okay, cool. I mean, he's done it's, it. It's, Mar- it's March 26, it. 97 yeah. again. It's the proverbial after beating Colorado and getting the revenge on the Mew. It's a proverbial, ooh, things are going to be all right. I don't know what that means. Because you look at the guys that he jettisoned out of Tampa, he's going to make hard decisions. And I think that's what this franchise needs. Yep. I think this franchise needs some hard decisions. Let's take a, a let's get out the, the microscope, look as close as we can, and decide we have to keep this guy and this guy. Maybe there's more value if we get rid of him. And I think that's what makes Steve arguably the best general manager in the league. Yeah. No, uh, I do yeah. too. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's all, there's yep. your, uh, there's your assets. Oh but yeah. Moving. Yeah. But that's, that's the whole thing is the tough decisions or whatever. And, but let me ask you this, right? Because there's a hard thing when you bring somebody from another organization or somebody, even when they have clout. And, and, and why Scotty Bowman worked, Jimmy D says in the Russian Five the best, because he's got rings on all his fingers. <laughs> right? Right? So if you're going to bring, like, who else can you bring in to make those tough decisions that can't be questioned? Yep. Right? Yep. The Messiah himself. Right? Because, and, and not only... He's, but here's the thing, Sean, and you tell me this, because the one thing is, is, is always evolving, always learning. So maybe there are some of those decisions. If he second guessed himself that he wish he wouldn't this second time around here, he's not going to make a decision that he made before that he didn't learn from. Does that make sense? No, totally. Like, 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 does anybody not realize you just sent him out away for the master's degree on somebody else's dime. And then, like, Team I've, Canada, I've been, Tampa, uh, he's, I, he's, learned, he's learned so much. Uh, he's made so many shrewd deals. And, and that's what he's, that's what he's going to do here. I'm telling you. I think, uh, to me, well, that's the, here's the biggest the, thing. Right. But, and here's the thing he's got a plan. Mm-hmm. We don't, the only one who knows his plan is Verbeek. Right and the, but the thing is, is that you'll you'll sooner than later know the plan and and whatever it is, it's going to be exciting. Yep. What about you, Jay? Just looking, more sleep. <laughs> looking forward to the rest of the NHL playoffs. I'm looking forward to this basketball. We didn't talk about that at all. Well, what I'm do you like? To this series, you think Toronto's got a chance? I think Toronto does have a chance. Everyone's on Golden State. They just think it's a sure thing. Toronto was two and zero in the regular season. I think they got a chance. They're hot with Kawhi on your team. Why not? I mean, that country needs a championship. We know that. Do they ever? Oh, boy. Hey, do you see even a, uh, who was, uh, God, somebody was uh, sticking up for themselves. I forget who it was because, uh, oh, uh, Todd Furman on uh, Lock It In had said that, you know, something like, uh, didn't know that the basketball's number one sport. Well, Canada invented basketball. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Dr. Dr. Smith. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, invented basketball. So it is our first. Sport. Isn't it crazy? 1993. It's crazy. It, I mean, it, it really, when you think Toronto about that, Blue Jays. The, the, the Habs in 93 and the oh, yeah. Jays in 93, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. I remember that because I was in 
Glenn's fall. They won in 92, too, didn't they? Who? Uh, the Jays Leafs won in 90. Uh, the Jays won in 92 and 93. Right. Yeah. So in 92, Joe Carter hit the home run. 93. 93? Uh, wherever I was, I was singing old Canada drunk at Dangles <laughs> on, the, on the bar. So I, I remember that. We're Joe, of, I remember where Joe Carter. It was yeah. like, oh, Canada. They, they, beat the Bra- they beat the Braves in 92, and they beat uh, Wild Thing, that, that home run off of Mitch Williams. So, I mean, no cup since 93, no championships since 93. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, you know, we'll we'll see if this is it. It'll be more exciting. The thing is, is that series, the Boston, the Hawks series might be over next Wednesday, <laughs> and the basketball won't be. So we'll be able to talk about it then. Um, well, the Vonia Stevenson graduates, Sean Belegian and Jason Cotton, thank you for joining me. Sparty on. Thank yeah. you, Mac. Bam, bam, pleasure. Mike in the corner. Always, always thank you for your help. The, the uh, banners, Perry, take a f- friggin' example from Mike. Look at how nice these things are laid up here, and they look beautiful. Isn't the best they've looked? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, remember, guys, uh, uh, thanks for joining us tonight on Grind Time with Darren McCarty. And no matter what, no matter how many times that you fall down, always make sure you get your ass up. That's Grind Time. We're out.